This morning, we, I would love to welcome our amazing pastor, Ruth. Also, for those of you who didn't know, Friday was her birthday. I feel like we should sing happy birthday to her. Should, nah, okay, we won't. She doesn't want it, so we have to obey what she says. But come on up. Thank you. Let's give her a big round of applause. It's only a number. I'm as young as. I feel good. I feel good. Too right, preach it, sister. It's only a number. When you have the joy of the Lord, you'll just look young for all the days of your life. Praise God. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we have our theme for this month, and I have the real honor to give you the last one of the month, and the theme was the cross and beyond. What a great subject, eh? The cross and beyond. And I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Let's close our eyes. Father, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, says the Lord. So I just thank you that I am filled with your Spirit and that your Spirit is going to set these people free this morning because your anointing is upon us and upon me. And I just thank you that you are a good God. You are a supernatural God, and that super, amazing, abundant things are natural to you. So we thank you for your great love and your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wonderful. Okay, I have quite a lot of scriptures to read, but I love reading the Word of God because it's powerful and it sets people free. And my message to you today is about two mountains and a love that fills the gap. So just remember that, two mountains. And I'm going to share, and you're going to think about which mountain do you live by? Which mountain do you live on? Which mountain is yours? It's cool, eh? We like to have a mountain to us. Which mountain is yours? So two mountains and a love that fills the gap. Brilliant. Okay, so we're going to read our first scripture, and it's found in 1 John. Is it coming up? Is it possible for that light right there to be switched off? Because uh, it's right in my eye. If it's possible, that would be great, so I can look up and see what time it is. Brilliant. Okay, I might need my glasses. A love that fills the gap. Okay, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7. Are you following? Is it up behind? Great. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son, into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. What a great verse, eh? Great few verses. Okay. And then I'm going to turn to Hebrews. To two mountains. 
And you might think, what on earth am I going to talk about? But bear with me, I'm going to explain it all in a great way, hopefully. Yes, I am, through the power of the Spirit. Okay, so it's Hebrews chapter 12. Do you know Hebrews is the chapter and verse for men making cups of tea for us? Hebrews. You got it. Good. You're still awake. I'm glad to hear it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And it says this, See to it that no one misses the grace of God. Don't miss the grace of God, church, because it's amazing. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And then I didn't put it up here, but it goes on to talk about Esau. Esau was the firstborn son of Isaac, and he sold his inheritance for a single meal as the eldest son. So he gave away his rights. Then it comes down to verse 18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touched the mountain, it must be stoned. And the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. And my last scripture is this, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to start from verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh, what a great word that is. Don't you love that? Let's pause and think, and all the women say, Amen, Hallelujah, praise God. Verse 26, it says, to make her holy, cleansing her. That word actually means having cleansed, by the way. Having cleansed her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, or some translations say glorious church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Verse 28, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Wonderful. Now you're thinking, where is she going? Ha <laughs> ha, I'm going. We're going to go on a journey of two mountains in a love that fills the gap. Okay. In 1986, there was a Texas gem dealer called Roy Waitstein. He was given two $5 from his two sons to go to one of the local town gem shows. And he went through the markets, and there was all these amateur and professional gem dealers that were selling some amazing stones. He browsed through, and he, one caught his eye, and he looked at it, he picked it up, and he says to the guy, what do you want for this, $15? And the amateur collector said, I tell you what, it's not as nice as the others. You can have it for 10 bucks. 
So Weinstein walked away with the world's largest star sapphire, later valued as high as 2.28 million. And he sold, and it was 1,905 a carat bag in, in its uncut, uncut form. He sold it for 1.5 million, and he put the money in trust. And I read there about Esau in Hebrews. And in Hebrews, it says that Esau sold his birthright, gave away his blessings. Do you know that Esau did not appreciate the value of his blessings, the value of his birthright, the value of being the firstborn son of a great dad? And I want to tell you today, there are people here who do not know how much value that God places on you, that you are a precious gem in the sight of your heavenly Father. And just like Jewish culture, when a firstborn son was born, they got a double blessing. And as firstborns, it says in the other chapter, it said the church of the firstborn, Jesus was the firstborn son. And you get to inherit all the amazing blessings that God has for you. But do you really, really appreciate who you are, who you belong to, and what you have? Because when you get that, you'll become free. And so we talked about two mountains. What was the mountain that was scary that the people feared? I got Ribbon to do me a picture. Mount Sinai was where the law was given. See, we, the people, you know, we can say, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And the children of Israel said, whatever you say, God, we'll do, we'll listen, we'll obey. So he went, all right then, start with 10. Here's 10 laws, here's 10 commandments. And Moses didn't even get a chance to get down the mountain. They were already stuffing up and doing stuff that was wrong. Because Mount Sinai, there at Mount Sinai, God gave the law do you know what the law couldn't do? The law could never set you free. It can never justify you. Justification is a big word, and it means just as though you'd never sinned or stuffed up. And at Mount Sinai, it was a scary place. And it brought condemnation, because that's what sin does. It brought condemnation at Mount Sinai. And the people were afraid of God. And God, in his heart, was like, I want my people to know who I am, what I'm about, and what my love is. And so he sent Jesus. And I want to tell you that this love is so amazing. And Mount Sinai, I have put a mountain of law, but Mount Zion is where God wants you to be, the cross and beyond, because how do you get from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion? Is by the way of the cross. Because at the cross, Jesus died and paid our debt so that we can walk free from condemnation and just be planted in Mount Zion. And I'm going to explain it more. So what is this love and what does it look like? This love that fills the gap. God's love is a word called agape love. And it's the godly love that says, I see you, 
and I still love you. It's the kind of love that says, I see your flaws, and I'm not going to turn away. The very substance of God is love. He doesn't decide to love you because you do something for him. We have such a need to be loved that we can run ahead of God and answer our own prayers because we're so desperate for relationship. But his love is a love that fills the gap and heals the wounds. And you can come to church and you can put your mask on, but your mask to cover your emptiness, but what you need is a real love that fills the gap. And God chooses to love you. Isn't that amazing? You are his precious gem and he chooses to love you. God looked at you and he knew every mistake that you would make. He knew every sin that you would commit before you were even in your mother's womb. And he chose to still give you breath. He chose to still give you life. He chose to feed you every day. And he actually brought you to this place today. Isn't that so cool? And he still chooses to cover you with his love. Because he looks to Jesus at the cross and he says, free. The debt has been paid. They can walk free. Freedom is good this morning. I can tell you. I want to ask you from that picture, if you could go back to the picture, where are you living from this morning? Do you feel condemned? Do you feel that you're not good enough? Because that's where the enemy wants to keep you packed up. But Jesus wants you to live from Mount Zion. And as you look to the cross, and see his unconditional love and Jesus, his forgiveness, and you allow his love to fill the gap and fill the void and the emptiness, it will free you up to love others. Now, Jesus in Hebrews says, you have come. You don't have to try to get there. It's a done deal. He says, you have come to Mount Zion. Now, what is so amazing about Mount Zion? What is it that is good about Mount Zion? I'm going to tell you. The word Zion means fortification or fortress. A fortress was a safe place from the enemy. They couldn't get in. And do you know a safe place where you can take refuge? It's found in God's love. It's found in the love of Jesus, which was displayed at the cross and as you walk beyond the cross and you come into no condemnation and you are walking in rest and victory and freedom because God isn't holding anything against you, you are free, you can enjoy his love today. Isn't it amazing? And it says in 1 John 4 and 18, it says this, perfect love drives out fear or casts out fear. That perfect means completed. And Jesus completed God's assignment because God said, I don't want you living by Mount Sinai. I want you living from Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the city that God loves. It's a place that is joyful. It's a place that is free. 
And it's a place that has amazing love, and it's a place that has amazing grace. It's so good. Now, Jesus, he was a great illustrator, and God uses practical teachings in the Bible that he wants you to get. So when he was talking to farmers, he'd speak about sowing and reaping. When he was talking to fishermen, he'd talk about fish, fishing for souls, fishing for men. And when he was talking about relationship, do you know what he wants you to get? He talks about marriage. Woo! He talks about the bride and the bridegroom. And in Revelation, he speaks about the marriage supper of the Lamb because he really, really wants you to get what his relationship is like with him for you and I. It's to be like a marriage. But it's not a marriage that you think, oh, I'm, I don't know if this is going to work. I might be able to get out this. This is a marriage that is a done deal. It's a marriage that's based in the agape love. And it's a marriage that says this. In, in um, Ephesians, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He gave himself up for you. That's what Jesus has in mind of the kind of marriage that he is uh, desiring. Now, I don't know about you, but when you go to a wedding, they're amazing. Weddings are amazing because there's something special about a marriage, isn't it? The bridegroom is down at the front and he's waiting. And he's waiting for his bride. Now, our daughter was married about three years ago and Reese was standing down at the... He was waiting at the front and, and she was coming, just ready to come in up the, up the hill and she was married out in the open. And I can tell you that it was just beautiful because Reese only had eyes for his bride. And as she walked in, he got a little bit teary. And do you know what I could hear behind me? All the girls behind me were like, oh, that's so cute. I hope my man does that at my wedding. We love it. Do you know that Jesus only has eyes for you and that you are so beautiful to him? male or female, you are a precious gem because he purchased you by giving his own life. And marriage is so amazing. He only has eyes for his bride, and it's a love that fills the gap. And it says, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I still choose to love you. So good. So husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I want to speak to the men here today. He gave. Jesus gave. What have you been giving out this week to the men? What have you been giving this month or this year? What have you been giving out to your bride or to you in your home environment? You get to set the atmosphere and the tone around you, you know. And Jesus says, Christ loved the church. Do you love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? I remember walking into a school one day and there was a teacher had got on the board 
respect written right across it for the students to see. And it was big writing. And I walks in and he says, I want respect. And I looks at him. And being my nice, quiet, angelic self, I said, do you know how to get respect? Hmm? I said, you have to give it. Says what you give, what you want in life, you have to give away. Do you want love? Give love away. Do you want to give away? If you want respect, you got to give it away. Because these students and these people and you and I are precious gems that God values, that Jesus died for. What are you giving away this morning? Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And it's modeled from the top. That's why I'm speaking to the men here this morning, because God the Father modeled giving. He modeled it to his son, Jesus, and Jesus modeled it to you and I. It starts from the top. That's why he says to the men, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. What are you modeling in your home this morning, men, or this week, or this year? Do you love your bride? Do you love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? The other, a few weeks ago, I was um, driving through Kawakawa. I was taking Evangeline to this fun park in Whangarei. And uh, I love coffee, so I thought, I'm going to get me a coffee. So I stopped in Kawakawa, and as I was going into this big bakery, there was, it was a busy day that day in Kawakawa. I didn't realize Kawakawa, such a small place, could get so busy. But the train was coming through. There was lots of tourists, lots of people. And as I walked into the bakery, there's these big guys that made me look skinny and, and small. There was big guys sitting there and there was one who was just a bit aggro. He had a bad hair day and he was, you know, and he was all these people and these white hongies around and he's like, Ugh. I just went, Jesus. I walked right up to him in his bubble and I went, Kia bro. I said, I'm a Scottish warrior, just like you're a warrior. And I just want to tell you that you are so awesome. And he looks at me and he went, yeah, yeah, I am awesome. And he went, Kia And we gave each other a hug and we kissed. And you know what? We give out love. We give out blessing because somebody might need to know that they are loved, that they are awesome because they might not have heard it for a very long time, if ever. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And it's so funny because just directly after that time, I was walking along the street back to the car and I see this guy there and he's what people would probably call a little bit simple, but I've seen him before, and I really like to say hi to this guy. And as I went up to him, he had his back, and he was just sweeping the streets because he's lonely. He's a real lonely guy. And I went, tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around and went, do you remember me? And do you know what he said? 
He looks at me and says, you have the Spirit of God in you. That made my day. That was from him. And I'm like, I do. And it's so awesome and wonderful. And I was just so blessed by that. Straight after, I'd given out to someone else. You know, what you give out in life can come back to you, eh? What you give in life can come back to you. How am I doing for time? Oh, I'm good. And I like to say this. I just love this because this is me. I just, I just see people like God sees them. And no matter how rough and ready they are, I just want to love them. And when you've come to the cross and you experience God's love, you can actually love the most unlovable. You really can because of that agape love that fills the gap. And I remember in um, Kiri Kiri one day, I think I shared this, the, the patches had come to town. The gang had come to town. I can't remember which one it was. And they filled, as I was walking towards them with Carmel, they'd filled the whole street. And it was like, you know how they walk? Like that? And I'm walking towards them. And I'm looking at them. And I just says, guys, and they wait for words of wisdom. I went, have a blessed day. And they just, like that. And I walked through with Carmel. Carmel's like, that was freaky. And I'm going, that was awesome. And you know, you might say, oh. You, never, you know, if you're living from Mount Sinai, you could have said, she never told them how bad they are. She never said what wrong things they're doing. She never even mentioned God to them and how they need Jesus. But God loves them. And he cares for them so much. And you know that there's a book in the Bible that doesn't even have the name of God in it. The book of Easter. But God works behind the scenes and isn't it amazing that when you think that nothing is happening, God's got your back. You're his precious gem. He's watching over you. So Ephesians, I'm going to say it again because I love this verse. I get the benefit of it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wonderful. Too many people have been wounded by people who say they represent the Bible when in fact the Bible makes it clear that the essence and nature and attribute of God is love. Where are you living from this morning? From Mount Zionai or Mount um, Zion? Are you living free? Because the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus this morning. So whatever you want in life, you have to give away. So what does that kind of look like? Well, the husband is coming home and the wife has had a hard day. The kids have been driving her nuts. She looks terrible, disheveled. She's got vomit on her. She's just had such a hard day. It's like custard in one end and mustard out the other. She's constantly changing nappies. And it's like, is there ever an end to this? She comes and the husband walks through the door and she says, how was your day, darling? And he says, bad day. At the office, talk to the hand. And he goes and blubs on the couch. And later on, after dinner's cooked, and she says, oh, I'm feeling tired. I might head off to bed. 
she says, I'm going to go to bed. And, he's, and so she gets up, she makes sandwiches for the next day's lunch, she rinses the dessert bowls from dinner, she puts them in the dishwasher, takes meat out of the freezer for the following dinner, checks the breakfast cereals that there's enough breakfast there, she cleans all the yucky submarines out from the sugar bowl that the kids have dropped in there, she sets the table for breakfast in the morning, puts some wet clothes in the dryer, put a, a load of clothes in the washing machine, she irons her husband's shirt for the next day. She sews on several buttons, unless your name's Ruth Whitehead, because Paul does it better than me. Clears the, ki uh, clears the kitchen bench, switches the plugs off around the house. She just thinks, I'd better get to bed. She makes a list for the supermarket the next day. And she goes to the bathroom, removes her makeup, puts a moisturizer on, brushes her teeth. And her husband says, I thought you were coming to bed. I'm on my way, she says. She puts water in the dog's bowl, puts the cat out, makes sure that the house doors are locked, switches the lights off in the living area, checks that the kids have gone actually to bed and they're asleep. She picks up the socks from the floor, straightens up her shoe rack, gets the clothes. Meanwhile, the husband turns off the TV, announces to his wife, I'm going to bed, and he goes. She finally drops into bed. The husband turns to her and he goes... A gleam in his eye. Hey, babe. You want a tango? Oh, hard day at the office. Talk to the hand. Oh, but what does a love that fills the gap look like? When he comes through the door in the evening from his hard day at the work and the office, he opens the door and he says, how glorious you look today, my bride. You are without spot and wrinkle. You just look amazing. How about I take the kids and we just get some quality time later together. You are so amazing. And by the power of the washing of the word, it says here, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her by the washing or to make her holy having cleansed her by the washing with water through the words, and to present her to himself as a glorious or radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Do you know that Jesus looks at you and he says, no blemish in you. Isn't that wonderful? And the Father looks at you and he says, no spot or wrinkle in you. You know, why can he look at you and say, no spot or wrinkle in you? Because at the cross, God the Father saw no spot or wrinkle in Jesus. He was holy. He was perfect. He was pure. He was sinless. And God says, the slate is clean. Your debt has been paid. You can walk free this morning. You can walk free. You can live from Mount Zion, a safe place which is a fortress. It's a mighty place to live and dwell in God's amazing, supernatural, wonderful love. And you might say, you have no idea what I have to go through. Have you any idea what Jesus went through for you? His amazing love. He says, she is without spot or wrinkle. Christ loved, loved and loves the church. And he gave himself for her. What are you willing to give away this morning that you might receive 
as well. What are you willing to give away today? You know, I was thinking about the Shrek movie. You've seen Shrek with the ogre, eh? Do you know that Fiona was a princess? She married an ogre. She became an ogre. So what are you willing to give away? Be careful who you marry to. Let God bring someone along for you as you commit it to him. Be patient. As I said at the beginning, you can run ahead and answer your own prayers. But God has a gappy love that we can give out. And about three weeks ago, um, you know about my daughter, but some of you don't, Evangeline, who's 10, she was born the day that we started this church. And God said, I want you to call her name Evangeline, which means messenger of good news. And wherever Evangeline goes, people ask her name. Even in Fiji, we were there, and um, we were there at a church that was, they'd had a lot of hardship. They'd had this terrible cyclone come through, and it was quite messy, and People live very simply there in the area that we went to. And she said, they asked her what her name was in the hall. They have a Sunday school area, they call it. And they said, what's your name? And she says, my name is Evangeline. And it's Messenger of Good News. And do you know what they did? They lit up and they smiled. People need good news this morning. There is so much negativity. And if you're camping from Mount Sinai, if that's where you dwell with condemnation, it's going to leave you bound and feeling that you can't give out because you feel oppressed. It leaves you feeling oppressed. God wants to keep you free this morning. And about three weeks ago, sometimes Evangeline, she has dreams, she gets visions. Even though she's 10, God can touch anybody, yeah. Because she says, she says to me one day, I had four men in my room last night, ma'am. And I'm what? yeah. She went, yeah, they were angels. And we just talked. And uh, she says, it's really amazing. Angels don't have wings, eh? I went, well, no, the Bible doesn't say that. They, when they appeared, they came in, in, in the form like a man. And she says, yeah, we just talked about heaven and stuff. And, and then uh, three we- about three weeks ago anyway, she came to me and she says, Mom, I had a, a dream last night. And it was a vision. And she says, I dreamed in the vision, an angel actually came to me and he says to me, do not be afraid. I have everything. God has everything in control. That day, I got a phone call to say that my mother had suddenly, she had gone unconscious and she was dying and she only had a few hours to live. Now, I'm here in New Zealand. She's, she was in Scotland, and the family were there by the bed. I couldn't spend time with her. And I had to do the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my whole life was FaceTime the hospital room and FaceTime her as she was dying. She was unconscious, but I knew she could hear me. And I had to FaceTime her and talk to her and say my goodbyes, but I never said goodbye because I will see her again, because she's a precious gem. And I had to do that. And that was the day that Evangeline had the vision, do not be afraid. And so I was able to share to my father, do not be afraid, Dad. God has everything in control, eh? Everything in control. It's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
You're a precious gem here this morning. God loves you so much. You're so valuable to him. He died for you. And he really, really, really wants you to know how valuable you are. That he died for you. That you are so precious. And he wants you to walk free today. If anyone ever says, look at what you've done, you can say, I'm set free. Because you know what? People sometimes can be bound to the past. They can be a prisoner to their past. But you know, the things of the past were not meant to be a life sentence. They were meant to be a learning. We learn from them. They were never meant to hold us and bind us. Do not be a prisoner to the past. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You've been set free. You've been forgiven. And as every head is bowed here this morning and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to that amazing love and that amazing grace.